And we're jumping into a new series that is entitled From Honour to Blessing. I want you to catch that in your head. From Honour to Blessing. And we're going to start off dealing with honour in a way that I know is going to be really challenging to each and every one of you. So kind of lock the doors, stay where you are online, stay connected, because as I've prepared this, it's challenged my own heart about a topic that I actually think I know something about and think that I live in, but there were fresh things and just things that I was reminded of. And I've subtitled the message from a question that God asks the nation of Israel, where is the honor? Where is the honor? And in the book of Malachi, God makes a series of complaints against his people. It's really interesting in our modern society, everybody's complaining about God. But watch out when God starts complaining about you. Of course, He's loving. Of course, He's kind. But He says, there's some things that I don't like about the way you are doing life as a society. And so in Malachi chapter 1 comes one of the first of His complaints against the nation at that time and probably relevant to our society today. He says, a son honours his father and servants their master. If then I'm a father, where is the honour due me? Where is the honour? And if I am a master, where's the respect due me? Says the Lord of hosts to you. He makes it incredibly personal. And God places enormous value and emphasis on this topic of honour throughout His Word. I think we'd all agree that we live in a society that is incredibly selective about who it honours and how it honours. And we need to understand up front, every single person on the planet is due honour. I'm talking about when it's disproportionate, when everybody's opinion suddenly is excessive, even if it's based on ignorance. Social media, headlining, headline-grabbing shock jocks, cheap journalism. I'm not saying that all journalism is like that, only the stuff I disagree with. Generally low standard in political debate. And there has become almost disrespect has become an art form and something to be celebrated. You get a following if you can be disrespectful of people. But Jesus sets an example of honour. He even said of his own father, he is, Jesus is fully God, but comes as a man dependent upon his father. And he says, I honour my father. And in the incredible dance between the three members of the Godhead, the Trinity, each one honours the other. There's this mutual honouring and celebrating of each other. It's modelled by Jesus. I honour my father. God has bestowed honour on all of us. And I'm going to circle back to these verses in a moment. But let me just read it in Psalm 8, verse 4 to 5, the psalmist is looking at the sheer glory of creation and feeling really small, just like you and I do, under a starlit sky. And he asks the question, what are mortals that you, God, should think of them? Yet you made them lower 
than God, just a little lower than God. We create His image. And listen to this, crown them with glory and honour. And I think there's people here in this moment that need to hear that God has bestowed glory and honour on you. Peter says this in 1 Peter 2, 17 and following, for you are free. I love the fact that we live in a free society, in a free democracy. For you are free, and he's talking to us about their freedom in Christ. Yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse, the word excuse, literally as a cloak, as something to hide behind. Don't use your freedom as an excuse to dishonor, to do evil. Respect everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. That's actually the emperor. It's Nero at that time. We'll come to that. And so honor is not simply about honoring leaders and those above you. It's about extending honor and dignity to every single person we encounter. The word honor from the Hebrew and from the Greek, if you look at the essence of the words, means to assign value to someone, to show a high regard for someone. Obviously, when directed towards God, to revere God, that honoring of God that flows into worship, to give weight to something. Now, it doesn't mean you can call them fat. That's not what I'm saying. Sorry, that was a little dad, actually, probably a granddad joke. It was that bad. I admit but to give weight. And we use this phrase when we disrespect somebody. Oh, they just a lightweight. And it comes from this concept that a weighty presence, somebody who has influence, who is recognized, who is esteemed, you give weight to what they say and how they live. Honor is a weighty matter to God. Again, in a moment in Israel's history, God says this, I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who think lightly of me. Wow, that's a challenge. God says, I honor those who honor me and I despise those who think lightly of me. What weight do you give God in your life? What weight do you give his word in your life? It's not that God doesn't love everybody. He loves everybody, but he says, I love you, but I will not extend respect towards you if you don't respect me. And that whole concept of being weighty, we can shake it off and say, well, I don't really care. I'm just going to live my own life. And it's kind of like driving a car. And I'm always amused when you're in a mountainous area uh, where there's a cliffside and says, watch out for falling rocks. Like, what are you going to do when you see a falling rock? Cut straight for your car. But nevertheless, imagine some rocks have fallen. There's this massive boulder in the middle of the road. And you can come speeding up to it and say, I don't care about that boulder. Smash into it and wipe yourself out. You hit something weighty. You disregarded it. You said it doesn't matter. But in that, you smashed into something. And that's kind of the concept that God says, I'll honor you if you honor me. But if you disregard me, you're going to crash into something. And it's not the vengeful, petty judgment of God because he's not like that. It's just this is a powerful principle out of God's word. In fact, in the scripture, and I'm going to use just one example 
there's a curse attached to dishonor. When you live with attitudes of dishonor towards God and to others, there's a curse that is attached. And there's this story in the book of Genesis, the story of Noah, who after the flood grows a vineyard, makes grapes, makes some wine, and he gets drunk. And somehow or other in his drunken, disorderly state, he ends up naked in his tent. Now, I want to stress here, there is nothing that we're trying to defend. He had no right being drunk, naked, and behaving like he did. And Noah woke from his wine, and he discovered something, that his youngest son had walked in and kind of invited the neighborhood to come and look at Dad, posted it on Instagram, Facebooked it, put it out there, look, Dad, look, what a joke. And two other sons took a blanket and walked in backwards to cover their father's nakedness. And again, I want to stress, he had no right being drunk and naked and in that state. But there was a respect for the father that they had that the younger son didn't. And when Noah woke from the wine, he knew that his youngest, what his youngest son had done to him. And he said, cursed be Canaan. A servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. And Noah's curse is actually incredibly profound. Incredibly profound. He says, because of your lack of honour, you will be a servant to servants. You will not make progress in your life. And if we can't live with attitudes of honour, first and foremost to God, but also to others, and I'm not saying it's easy. There's times where we get frustrated or angry or indignant or dismissive. But I'm talking about honouring them as a person. It's not a, that you can't disagree. It's the attitude with which you do it. And if you can't honour imperfect people, you will struggle to advance in life because you will always be a slave to your emotions and reactions rather than living by the biblical principle of honour. I want you to catch that. You will struggle in life because you will always react out of your emotions. It'll be reactionary rather than living and anchoring your life around a biblical principle. I extend honour to others. There's a few reasons. I'm just going to hand, touch on three why people are dishonoring of others. Sometimes we confuse the person with the position. And this often happens in politics. It's not the only way. And I'm trying not to get political here, but use it as an illustration. I remember being at the Rugby World Cup and when it was held in Australia at the opening match, and John Howard was the prime minister at the time. And when he came to the opening ceremony, there were people in the crowd who booed, and this was being streamed internationally. And I was grieved. And it's not that people weren't allowed to disagree with some of his policies at the times, whatever the issue was, that was fine. But in that role, Internationally, he was holding the position of prime minister to the nations. And there were people who dishonored him, not recognizing. You can disagree with his politics, but recognize the position and the role he's playing in the situation. 
David is pursued by Saul and Saul is behaving totally out of control, but he was still the king that God had appointed and anointed. And there comes this opportunity where David's hiding in the back of a cave and Saul comes in and David has opportunity to kill him and his men say, kill him. And David cuts the tassel off a corner of Saul's robe. And then instantly the scripture says, then David's conscience began to bother him. And we go, you could have killed him. You should have killed him. Look what he's doing to you. He's evil. He's terrible. But David recognizes he's dishonored the king, even though he didn't kill him. And he repents of it. And in his conversation that follows across a valley where it's safe to talk because Saul is still murderous in his attitude towards David. David apologized, referring to Saul as my Lord, small L, and the Lord's anointed. He said, I don't like what you're doing to me. You shouldn't. I'm still a loyal servant, but I disrespected your position and I repent of that. Offense can cause dishonor. And again, I'm just touching the story of Absalom, that there's an incident that happens to his sister and King David does nothing about it. And so there's a sense of injustice in Absalom's heart and it grows. He's offended by David's lack of action. And it says that he stood in the gates of the city and Absalom greeted people in a way that began to undermine David's authority by being so nice to them and go, oh, if only the king would give you justice. If I were there, I would listen to your case. You know, that kind of undermining that can go on behind the leader. And Absalom did this with everybody who came to the king for judgment and he stole the hearts of the people. And what immediately follows is a rebellion against David because of a lack of honour caused by offence. But probably the most common reason why we get caught up in this sin of dishonour is familiarity. And the word familiarity comes from family. And I want to connect to that through this thought. And Jesus experienced this. He goes to Nazareth to teach. He's teaching in his home synagogue in Nazareth. And in the initial reaction, people are amazed And they go, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Initially, there's, wow, this is incredible. Then somebody started scoffing and saying, he's just a carpenter. He's not a rabbi. His brothers and sisters, his mum and dad, his mum is down the road. We know who he is. He's nothing. And they were offended at him because they were too familiar with him. And they refused to believe in him. Their familiarity led to dishonor. So let's talk about some principles of honor. And I'm going to touch back on some of these thoughts, but from a different perspective. The first thing, there are three core truths that anchor this principle of honor in Scripture. Number one, honor, of course, begins with God. In the book of Revelation 4.11 Those before the throne say, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honour and power. You deserve it. You're an honourable God. You're a powerful God. You're an awesome God. For you created all things and they exist because you created 
what you pleased. There's this recognition of the majesty, the awesomeness of God and honour ascribed, which is an act of worship towards God. But this awesome God then bestows that honour on us. Just want to remind you of Psalm 8 verse 5. I mentioned it earlier where he says of humanity, you made them only a little lower than God. That's literally what it means in the original Hebrew and crowned them with glory and honor. So we give honor to God, but God bestows honor on us, on every single human being. He bestows honor and dignity. Regardless of their behavior, we are created in his image. The second thing, is we honour because we decide to, not necessarily because the person deserves it. And that's a big issue because especially with people who have a strong sense of justice and God created you that way, but it's harder to manage this issue. But they did this, but they did And suddenly you find yourself in dishonour. Now you can disagree and there's a way to do that. I can't touch on that this morning. But Peter writing, and I want you to catch this, during the reign of Nero, one of the most brutal emperors towards Christians and the rest of the population. And Peter says, with that backdrop, for the Lord's sake, respect all human authority, whether the king as head of state or the officials he appointed, you are free. Yet you are God's slaves, so don't use your freedom as an excuse, a cloak to hide behind to do evil. Respect everyone. Love your Christian brothers and sisters. Fear God and respect the king. So how do you honour people who are behaving in a dishonourable way? It's really quite simple. I didn't say it was easy, but the thought is simple. You choose to, the opening statement, for the Lord's sake, because God places great weight on this issue of honour. So honour begins with God. Honour is a choice, not something that's deserved when it's given. But honour brings blessing. And this is the topic that we're going to open up a little more over the next few weeks. The writer of Proverbs, and I love Proverbs, it's just filled with such extraordinary wisdom for life and living. These ancient sayings that are as real today as they were in the time they were written. Some people curse their father and don't thank their mother. They are pure in their own eyes. Notice this ability that we have as human beings to justify our behaviours. We're doing something dishonourable, that's what the Right of Proverbs is talking about, but we can justify it. We're pure in our own eyes. But God says, no, you're not. You're behaving in a filthy and in an unwashed way. And this whole issue, which I know for some this morning will be a struggle, the issue of honouring father and mother is one of the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments are given to Israel I want you to catch this thought and this thread are given to Israel while they're in the wilderness on their way to the promised land. And it's given in Exodus 20, repeated in Deuteronomy 5, 16, which I want to read from. Honour your father and mother. So honour begins in the home is what God is teaching. As the Lord your God commanded you. 
then you will live long. Live long. Full life in the land that the Lord your God has given you. There's three things there that I'm going to move through very quickly. Number one is that honour produces faith. It's very hard to have a vibrant, dynamic, overcoming faith if this principle of honour towards God and towards others is not being lived in. Remember we talked about Jesus going to Nazareth and then being amazed at the miracles until somebody said, oh, he's just a carpenter's son. He's just the local down the road. We know his mum, we know his brothers and sisters. And Jesus reflected on that. And he said, a prophet is honoured everywhere except in his own hometown. And again, bringing this fact that honour starts with the people we are most familiar with. But that can tip into familiarity and dishonour. That a prophet is honoured everywhere except in his own hometown, amongst his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, you see, their dishonour led to unbelief. And so honour leads to belief, to faith. But because of their unbelief, he could not do any miracles amongst them except to place his hands on a few people and heal them. It's worth asking the question, God revealed to me, if there's dishonour in my life and if that's blocking a miracle that I need in my circumstances. Familiarity, we know the saying, breeds contempt. And we honour our parents. They're not perfect. And some of them have behaved terribly towards some people listening to this. But saying, God, help me to honour them for who they were, not for what they aren't. And by doing that, we're actually learning honour towards God when it starts in the household. So honour produces faith. Honour, secondly, produces blessing. Paul quotes Exodus 20, the honour your father and mother and the Deuteronomy reference that I gave you in Ephesians 6. And he says, it's the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you. You, you want it to be well with you? Then learn the principle of honour, that you may live long on the earth. Deuteronomy 5.16. When we resist authority, starting in the home, that attitude brings consequences. And, we are, and when we obey this principle of honour, it brings blessing. It will be well with you and you will live long in the land. I can't digress on this, but I know that for some people listening to this, there's extraordinary pain for what happened in your family. And you need to try and grab this principle, talk to somebody to work out the practical application, because I don't want to be flippant about this, but I'm trying to just teach the principle from God's Word. And the final thing, honour produces faith, honour produces blessing. Honour produces destiny. It secures your destiny. Honour your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you. Then you will live a long, full life in the land that God has given you. You see, destiny in your life is about what God gives to you. And He ties a full life, a long life and a blessed life and destiny to the issue of honour, starting in the home. 
Remember I have told you that these commandments were given to the children of Israel in the wilderness on their way to the promised land. And the majority of the people were not permitted to enter the promised land because they did not honor God's authority. They did not honor Him as Father. They wondered for 40 years until that generation died out, till a new generation rose up that understood the principle of honor that led to faith, that led to blessing, that led to inheritance and destiny. Honor is a weighty matter. You can dismiss it and crash into the weighty rock of it and live a frustrated life. Or you say, God, teach me how I honour. Teach me how I honour when I disagree, when I dislike what somebody is doing. Teach me to be honourable and to see the value that you place in others, even if what they're doing is wrong. That's a whole big topic. The greatest thing that you can honour in your life is what Jesus did on the cross in laying down His life for you and giving you the gift of salvation.